All right, here we go. We're live. Hope everybody's doing all right. Down for another episode of Money and Stuff. Connor Shepard, how's it going, man? It's going good. No weather update today. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> do not tell me anything about the weather. <laughs> no, no, no. I think your last story, you weren't going to talk about the weather, but you talked about your dog and it ended up being about the weather. Oh man, I forgot about that. And that is uh, going to cast a cloud over what I'm about to say, because I was going to talk about my dog. Oh yeah? Not weather related. He's an Australian shepherd and we take him to the groomers to get him a cut every few months. And it's long, big amounts of hair. Like it makes him look 10 pounds heavier when he has all his fur, but we got him cut and boy, they went real short. He, he looks like a, another breed of dog. I yeah. mean, it is crazy. I really thought this was going to take a turn toward being weather related. And you say <laughs> we get him cut because it's hot. <laughs> I, I refrained for exactly that reason. Yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I know I was mentioning to you earlier that I read an article in The Motley Fool yesterday that I wanted to talk a little bit about today. It brought up a topic about an emergency saving. Some people call it a cash reserve. I call it a liquid reserve, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But this article in Motley Fool yesterday said that 34% of workers have pulled money from their 401k for an emergency, which... I don't want to make anybody who's listening feel bad if they pulled money from their 401k for an emergency. But what it does tell me is if your 401k is where you're pulling your money from, then your 401k is likely the only place that you're saving money on a regular basis, which one of the cornerstones in financial planning is having a cash reserve emergency savings, something set aside that if something unexpected happens, you have a pool of money to access. So that way it doesn't hurt the integrity of your financial plan or of whatever financial goal you have. The tough thing about pulling money from your 401k is you're pulling future income away from yourself in retirement, mm -hmm. right? It's important when you're saving to not just be thinking about your retirement, but also be thinking about the things that could disrupt your retirement. Yeah. Right? And one of the kind of a pillar, I guess I'll say, is have that money set aside. So I, I really want to talk about what an emergency fund is, how much you should have set aside in an emergency fund. When it comes to the emergency fund, what's the difference between an emergency fund and a liquid reserve? or cash reserve versus a liquid reserve. And then what do you do with that money? Because I think people, when they hear cash reserve, they tend to just think cash and it sits there in cash. Yeah. So I'll emphasize first, and I think I said it already, a cash reserve, an emergency reserve, whatever it is you want to call it, is extremely important because it is what makes sure that should something unexpected happen between now and your retirement, you're not pulling money away from your retirement in order to meet that need. And so it's one of the first steps when you start saving and when you start thinking about your future, one of the first things you really need to do foundationally is create an emergency fund or an emergency reserve. 
Okay. And so what you're talking about is a separate account solely dedicated to having cash or cash equivalent set aside for that unforeseen, unexpected event or situation that requires it, but it's solely dedicated to that emergency, potential emergency situation that could happen versus just lumping it all into one savings account and then pulling what you need. You're saying it's a totally separate account. No, you heard me completely wrong. Just, just kidding. <laughs> nah, My yeah. hearing checked. That is, that is exactly it. Because when you're saving, we tend to save towards goals. We think of retirement, sending kids to school, getting a new home, whatever it is, there are these goals. An emergency fund needs to be a goal as well. Because the hard thing about an emergency is it's not definable. Because if we could anticipate what the emergency was going to be, it wouldn't be an emergency. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not exactly an emergency. Yeah, it's not unforeseen anymore. So you need that money set aside for those things that you didn't know were going to pop up. That should be a goal. An emergency should actually be the first goal that you work towards because otherwise it's it's going to toss your other goals out the window when something happens. Right? And, and I believe it's the same thing when it comes to things like paying off your debt, which we can get into on another episode. But if you focus solely on paying off your debt and you haven't created an emergency fund yet, well, then when the emergency happens and there's no funds there to take care of it, you put the money right back on credit cards. Yeah. And you end up in the same spot. So an emergency fund is very, very important. So like I said, I want to talk about three things when it comes to the emergency fund, which is how much should you have set aside in an emergency fund? What's the difference between uh, cash reserve and liquid reserve when we're talking about the emergency fund? And then what do you do with that money? Where do you put it? So in terms of how much, there's a rule of thumb. I don't typically like rules of thumb because I believe everybody's situation is very individual and very different and that you need to know based on your situation, what you should do given your circumstances. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to an emergency, I don't know what your specific emergency is going to be. (laughs) So a rule of thumb comes into play and the rules of thumb are dependent on if you're single, if you have a dual household income, or if you're, if you are married, but only one of you has an income, those things make a difference. So I'd say mm-hmm. number one is if you're single, it'd be a good idea to build up six months of your expenses. Sometimes you'll hear people say six months of your salary. I think that's probably overdoing it. I think six months of your expenses. And when I say six months of your expenses, think about your expenses of what you would need to get by. Mm-hmm. not six months. So that way I can still go play golf every day and do all that. If you can do that, great. But yeah. at a basic level, six months of paying your bills, being able to eat, do the things you need to do, six months of those expenses. If you are a dual household income, three months would probably be good. So why three months versus six months? Because the emergency that we see most often is usually loss of income. Mm-hmm. Whether you got hurt during economic times, you lost your job and you got to regroup, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the likelihood of a dual household income of both of those earners losing their income at the same time is pretty low. So in this case, if one of you lost your income, the other one still had their income, three months would be pretty good because that's your half of the bills, right? And you could actually stretch that out for okay. six because one person's still working. 
But then when you go back to, hey, what if only one of us is working? Well, then you're going to need six months again. Hmm. So single earner, six months. Dual household income earner, three months will, will be just fine. Hmm. So yeah, and let's talk about cash versus liquid reserve. Yeah, that was... I know when we started talking about this before the episode, that was what I was really curious to talk about because I think for a lot of people, myself included, for a long time when I would think about an emergency fund or an emergency reserve, I never even considered the possibility of, oh, you can have something in there besides cash or have anything besides cash count towards that. For me, it was always, oh, an emergency fund is just the account with X amount of money that I have set aside for those emergencies. But I'm curious to find out what the difference is. Cash reserve is just what it sounds like. It's cash. And I think we've been using cash reserve as an industry for a long time. And I don't agree with the term because it kind of tells you that you need to set that money aside in your checking or savings account Mm -hmm. or maybe under your mattress as actual cash. When you think about having an emergency, the important thing is that you have the ability to access that money. And and that is one really good thing about cash. It's accessible really easy. You can go to the ATM, you can go to your local bank branch and, and you can get to that money. However, let's say that your monthly expenses are, I don't know, five grand, six grand, seven, whatever. Let's say anywhere from 5,000 a month to 10,000 a month depending on your situation. If you need six months of that, that's anywhere from $30,000 to $60,000 of just cash. Mm -hmm. And what I don't like about those big chunks of cash is that they're not doing anything for you. Yeah. You think about an emergency that costs, you know, I I just, I can't even think of an emergency that's going to cost you $30,000. Yeah, I mean. Much less an emergency that's going to cost you sixty. dollars Short of, short of like major medical costs. Uh, but they're not asking you for like, hey, I need you to bring <laughs> in the suitcase of money before we fix your leg. Yeah, the right? doctor, doctor's not waiting <laughs> next to the operating room with, with you know, <laughs> like, for, the, for the wallet of cash. I mean, it's... it's The branch doesn't open up till 9 a.m. So <laughs> your surgery is scheduled for 9.30. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's not the way things work, right? So I like the term liquid reserve because there are vehicles you can use that would put the money to work and actually earn and, and help you either help you towards your goals or, or just, just earn, right? Like help, help, yeah. it would help the liquid reserve grow if you at least had that money working for you in some way and growing yeah. right? versus sitting in cash and doing nothing. Now, the important thing is I keep saying liquid reserve. That doesn't mean that you could just go put your money into anything. It means find a vehicle or an account or whatever it is you use to help the money grow. Make sure you can access it very easily. Mostly what I'm thinking about is an investment account. Most investment accounts, whether it's mutual funds, ETFs, or or stocks, you can place a sell and have it be actual cash within two or three business days. Yeah. So if you had, let's say, a $30,000 liquid reserve that you needed, Decide how much to keep an actual cash first, maybe keep 3000 or 5000 something that makes you feel comfortable knowing that if you had to access it immediately, you could. Yeah. And then put the rest to work because I can't think of an emergency that if you paid $5,000 right now and said in two days, I'll have the rest of the money that they're not going to be okay with that. Yeah. Most emergencies, 
The scenarios I'm thinking of are, I don't know, like I'm imagining like the movie Taken, right? Yeah, like, yeah. gambling debt hostage situations, like yeah, very, like, very rare circumstances. Yeah. And if, if that's you, you're probably not our target audience. <laughs> I don't mind you listening, but we're, this advice isn't really for you. Yeah, that um, that's another episode entirely. Yeah. So, so maybe, you know, keep some of that, again, keep some of that money uh, set aside as actual cash. But I just really think that keeping it set in a savings account is, is extremely wasteful because that money could be working for you. Otherwise, you're waiting for an emergency that is likely, you're likely never going to have an emergency that actually costs you that much money. But yeah. it is good to have that money set aside just in case. So that brings me to point number three, which is, what do you do with that money that's in the emergency fund? Mm-hmm. Like I said, find a smaller amount that you can set aside that is cash that's in your checking or in your savings account and you don't touch. Now, the important thing to think about when it comes to what you're actually doing with that money, if you are putting it somewhere to grow, don't get too crazy with it. This isn't money that you're trying to you're trying to pick the next hot stock with or that you're trying to get it to double overnight or something like that. Because if you try something like that, you run the risk of losing quite a bit of money. And when you do have the emergency that you actually need that money, it being far less valuable than when you put the money in. I'd hate for your emergency fund to be a need of $30,000. But then when you go to access it, now it's only 10. That that wouldn't serve the purpose. So maybe set it aside in an investment that's really fairly conservative. Pay attention to whatever you put the money in. Pay attention to not only how fast it's grown, but how hard does it get hit when times get tough? Yeah. Because you want to make sure that if something does happen, that the majority of your money is going to be there. Worst case scenario is there's some sort of downturn, and that happens to be when you need access to the money at the same time. What you want to do is mitigate or lower the risk that that portfolio can take a, or, or whatever it is that you decide to put the money in, can take a big dip. You want to try to keep the money as, um, I can't think of the word. You want- well, you, you want it to be, you, you want it to be uh, whether, you know, an investment that has l- just low volatility, something that is not yeah, there you be go. running up and down, you know, in terms there's, of. Yeah, there's <laughs> some industry jargon. Low volatility, right? <laughs> you you don't want that range. Like, yes, it does mean that you're going to limit your upside potential, but it's not you, an investment account. Yeah, like it's, it's really it's meant- an emergency fund. Yeah, right. You want to put it to work. Yes, put it to work. Make it make money. However, make sure it's going to be there when you need it. Yeah, it's right? not the account that you're trying to to buy GameStop stock with oh and gosh. hope it takes off. That's that's right. That's right. That is not your emergency fund money. That is not what you should do with your emergency fund. Yeah. Make it much, much more conservative than everything else you have. I'd say another key to that in terms of what to do with it and where to put it is make sure that it is accessible. Don't put it into anything that is locked up for a certain period of time. Don't put it into anything that's going to have a penalty if you pull your money out. Nothing like that. You want to make sure. If I put my money in here, I can request it and it will come to me in a very reasonable amount of time. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be in a situation where an emergency pops up and you look at your emergency fund and say, well, 
I got to figure out how to sell these rare coins as quick as possible. <laughs> That's right. Because what happens when you, when you have something like that and it's, it's not easily liquidated, you end up having to get rid of it for far less than the value that yeah. it has, whether that's because you paid a penalty or because somebody realizes your desperation for your gold coins <laughs> and gives you far less than what you could get if you had some time to shop around. So, yeah. and again, this emergency fund is key because this is what protects everything that you're saving for whatever goals that you're saving toward. Mm -hmm. Because every time you pull from a goal, your kid's college fund, your fund for a down payment on our house, your uh, retirement funds, whatever it is, you're stealing money from having the future or, or being able to actually get what you want yeah. from, from that. Yeah. And I, and I think that what you just said, I think that's a good way of looking at it. You know, not, not just looking at it as this is the, this, I'm putting this money aside for potential uh, disasters or emergencies, but I'm also protecting the other parts of my financial plan or my financial goals. It's protection against setting you back on your other financial goals, retirement, college, whatever. At the very least, it it is going to keep that freedom of choice that we always talk about, yeah. where you're not going to be forced to decide where do I pull money from that takes away from the future. Yeah, you want to be in that position of choice as, as much as possible. And I know that when, when people come in and talk to us, and, and one of the first things that we help them do is to create this emergency fund, it is not the most exciting thing, but it is foundational. It is the rock with which your financial plan is built on. It is what protects the integrity of the rest of the financial plan. It's what makes sure that you don't have to compromise on your goals later on in life. An emergency fund will help you from being one of those over a third of people that have a 401k that have pulled money from their 401k for an emergency. You don't want to be in that situation. And an emergency fund is your protection from that situation. So how much you should have if you're single, six months worth of your expenses, if you've got a dual household income, three months. If you're married, but you have only one income coming in, six months. So single income, six months, dual income, three months. Think about it as a liquid reserve, not a cash reserve. Make sure that the money is accessible, but it's important that you have a, an amount set aside that you're comfortable with and that the rest can be put to work for you as far as where to put that to work. Find something pretty conservative to do with it. Make sure it's going to grow, but make sure it doesn't have high potential for loss and that you can access the money very easily. And once you have that liquid reserve set up, again, it is the foundation upon which the rest of your financial plan can be built. And I don't want to say that you have to focus on the liquid reserve, cash reserve, emergency fund, whatever you want to call it. You don't have to put all of your focus into that first, but... If you are going to save towards other goals, if you don't have an emergency fund set up yet, make sure you're not only saving towards those other goals, but make sure you're also creating that emergency fund at the same time. Yeah. 
Man, that may be the quickest that we've ever talked about. Yeah, time. yeah. Now we got to spin spin tires for 10 minutes. Yeah, just uh... <laughs> I think we should spare people the time. Hey, for, for those of you who've been listening, we really appreciate it. And for those of you who send in some questions, really appreciate that too. If, you, if you've got them, feel free to send them to me, srodriguez at foundationwealthpartners.com. Hopefully we get a money and stuff email at some point. It'll, it'll be there eventually. We become a real podcast. Maybe when it's not just my mom listening anymore. Hi, Sam's mom. Thank you for support. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Have you convinced your parents to listen yet? I, yeah, they listen to it. Hi, hi, mom. Hi, dad. <laughs> hi, Mr. and Mrs. Shepard. Thank you for listening. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Hey, if you like it, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's on a Spotify or YouTube or whatever, hit like. We'd really, really mean a lot to us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Securities offered through LPL Financial member FINRA slash SIPC. Investment advice offered through Foundation Wealth Partners, a DBA of Advisor Resource Council, a registered investment advisor. Foundation Wealth Partners and Advisor Resource Council are separate entities from LPL Financial. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.